The Sydney Sixers took a huge step towards securing a finals berth last night at the SCG in front of a record crowd for more than 41,000 downed crosstown rivals. The Sydney Thunder by 19 runs. An outstanding performance by them. It's time to talk a bit more about the match. Joining us now, former player, now member of the coaching staff at the Sydney Sixers, Jay Lenton, coming to us from Bankstown Oval. Jay, how are you? Thanks, Olgie. How are you? Mate, I'm, I'm very good. We should uh, have a, a recap first at... Manly taking on Bankstown at Bankstown Oval. How's uh, the first innings played out in the one day? Well, look, I, I lost the toss. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it probably wasn't a, uh, wasn't a good thing early at 5 for 86, but we've recovered for 8 for 223 off our 50. So we've got top of the bowl at. Your, your contribution? Nah, not enough. Not we'll enough. Not enough today. Righto. <laughs> and the other big question, mate, did you get a helicopter from Manly out to Bankstown today? I, I wouldn't have minded it. I've got an hour out here this morning. would have been... Much quicker to come from the Hunter Valley to here, I reckon, in the chopper as well. But no, no helicopter today, just the regular traffic. What a uh, what a rock star entrance by the bull last night at the SCG. Oh, it was great. Look, it's it's what the big bash needed around this time, I think. And yeah, we had forty forty one and a half thousand or whatever you just mentioned there come to watch two of the best cricketers Australia's seen in the past 10, 15 years, and that's how he wants to make an entrance. Well, I'm all for it. And the, I think the crowds were probably down just a fraction of the first couple of games, I think 13,000 for the season opener, which I'm sure the Sixers um, hierarchy would love loved a few more, but to have 41,000, the biggest ever BBL crowd at the SCG is something else. And we spoke at the top of the show about the importance of crowds and, and the atmosphere the fans create. Tell us about the, the atmosphere out there last night. Yeah, it was an interesting one. It's, it's one of those ones you actually sat back for kind of 20, 30 seconds and just really took it all in. Mm. There, there was such a buzz around the ground last night. You could you could hear it. The Mexican wave was going around. There was the paper aeroplane signs of fours and sixes onto the ground. And it was more just knowing that you were involved in a bit of an amphitheatre last night. Yeah. And there was something special happening out the middle. So, yeah, it was fantastic for, for Big Bash Cricket. It was a wonderful night in Sydney, as we mentioned, Dave's entrance and having Steve play. So why wouldn't you want to be there on a Friday night? And, and the the great thing about the, these BBL crowds as well, when you get a chance to look around, so many families, so many kids along. Like this is the future of our game, so it's great to have so many uh, so many young kids getting involved and, and want to be part of it. Yeah, it certainly is. I, one thing I will say, I think Dave may have ruined for half of our Sixers boys is he gives his gloves out after every time we <laughs> play the test innings. So I think all the kids are there wanting all of our gloves to come in. I think Jordan Silk might have mentioned last night. He said, "Geez, I've only got a couple of pairs, boys. Come on." Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's fantastic to see so many kids out there and the big bash, obviously we know what it's there. It's, it's an entertainment product and to be able to wear the pink or the lime green or whatever it is, it just creates a, a different audience and a new audience into our game, which is great. So Sixers um, bat first, the great Steve Smith heads to the crease and Daniel Sams picks him up first pill of the match. Uh, what was the, uh, what was the talk or the thought on the, on the bench at that point? There wasn't much talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Certainly tell you that it was um because one of those things wasn't it first yeah. of all you don't really don't really seem to expect that uh, at times from Steve but it's one of those things that happened um thankfully Josh came out into we obviously batted Josh Philippi last night at three which is different I don't think he's done that for us at the Sixers in the time that he's been there so to go out into a new role which well he takes the second ball anyway but for him to come out after kind of taking on a little new role and and getting himself into an innings got forty seven or thirty odd in the end that probably proved one of the more pivotal innings. So, yeah, it was disappointing for the crowd and for us that Steve didn't get going, uh, but it provided an opportunity for someone else. Tell us about, you know, getting a, a someone 
of Steve Smith's caliber in the game to come back and and, and be part of the the Sixers setup. What, what, what does he bring apart from his obvious you know, talents with the bat? What what does he bring to the group? And saw him a few times on on the broadcast last night that um, consulting with with Moses, the captain, at, at various stages. But in and around the group, on and off the field, what does someone like Steve Smith bring to the the Sydney Sixers? He's been there obviously a lot longer than, than I have. He's been there since day dot. But mm. the way he just fits into the the group, it's just like he's just come back and played for his team. Um, so it's it's not like we have to bring someone in that hasn't been there for a while. He's just straight in. He understands how we go about things. He understands the group. He, he, he knows basically everyone in that group, and he just provides his amazing wisdom and feedback. And I think at times when he only plays one or two games for us, he brings that little bit of fresh eyes and a fresh mm. set of eyes for. Moses or for the bowlers or for some of the coaching staff and some things he may see again playing David Warner last night a couple of things he might have seen him over the summer so yeah. just that fresh set of eyes and look he doesn't he doesn't try and get in and, and get in anyone's, anyone's way and say this is how we do it blah 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 he just he fits in he plays his role beautifully and I think another thing for our young guys to see in that group because we've got a really good mix at the moment of, of plenty of experience we've got six or seven guys over 100 games but we've also got the young guys coming through and for them to see his work ethic in and around games and training, I think that's huge. Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? When a player in, in any sport or any any code, you know, you think you're working to a, to a high level or a high standard. And in this case, these young players see a Steve Smith come into a into a setup. You think you're doing a lot. You think you're training hard. You think you're working well. But you work out pretty quickly that these elite players are elite, not just because they were given born with great talent it's it's their work rate that goes around it as well yeah it certainly is and there's, there's obviously no wonder that he's the best in the world or, or has been for however many years now and I know he's probably taken on a little bit of a new challenge in the test side now but he's someone that I feel just because of his work ethic and how good he is at, at transitioning to little things and He'll be putting the work in behind the scenes. I think he'll he'll slide into that openness role beautifully. And look, we, we talk. I've heard a lot about rejuvenating Steve Smith or whatever it is, but I don't feel like he's missed out just because he's missed out a couple of times in Australia. Doesn't mean that he's been doing it for a consistent period. So who knows? He might. I think Brian Lara or Michael Horn said he might come out and score 400 and break Brian Lara's record. <laughs> that probably wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I could see him doing that to be honest. And it's probably just a victim of his own success, isn't it? Like he's averaged well over 60 for some time. It's probably dropped down to just on 58 now. We had a look at the numbers earlier on in the show today. His test average over the last summer or last 12 months is around about 40. You know, far from disgraceful figures, right? But when you're comparing him to the greatness that he's provided for such a long period of time, I suppose that's where people think that he may have been having a rough trot. But, geez, you wouldn't mind averaging a test, um, wouldn't mind a batting average of 40 over a 12-month or so period, would you? Well, the, the, the fact that you said there he's gone from 60 to 58 and averaging 40 over 12 months probably shows just how, yeah. how, good, he, how good he is. So, yeah. look, it's, it, and, and he's, he's probably his harshest creek uh, when it comes mm. to that. So, again, well, just, just last night, for example, he was he was out in the net skidding for an hour and a half just because he wanted to, he wanted to be good and prepped and ready to go last night. Unfortunately, he didn't get the runs on the board, but that's just the way he goes about things. So he's one of our greats. I don't know if we'll see anyone as good as him for a while. Hopefully we do, and hopefully mm. someone that comes out of the New South Wales setup. But I think it's just a, it's an honour to be around him um, and, and just to watch watch one of the modern greats go about their work. 
Seven for 151. As you mentioned, Josh Phillippe top scoring with 47 from 35. Jordan Silk was pretty handy in the middle of the order. James Vince, 27 from as many at the top of the order. 151, were you happy with that? Was it a bit under what you thought might have been par of the night? Yeah, I think we, we always uh, would like more. We, we say that every time. Of course, We'd probably yep. like to have some more. But, but when you when you look at our, I don't know the exact numbers, but I feel like they'll be close here. When you look at our four games at the SVG, I think it's been 165, 150, 155, yeah. 151. Or, so so what, that's been a winning score for three out of four of those yep. games. So it was um, our, our bowling was absolutely phenomenal last night. But I think the as you mentioned there, the guys James, James and Jordan that that made sure we continued to bat that twenty, and even the contributions someone like Benny Borshus at the end, just the moment we talk about the momentum changing and, and going in and out of breaks, and his his boundary towards the end then in his six, I think he was ten off four, but that gets us to that one fifty two. Yeah, gets us to to when the when the Thunder are batting, they they might look up at the scoreboard and instead of it being nine and over at 140, 140 odd. Those nine runs turn it into 11 and over. So it's these little things in T20 cricket that, that are the big plays. They're little, but they're the big plays. And I think Benny Dwarf has had a massive contribution in that 152 last night. Yeah, huge. Seven for 133 with um, when Hayden Kerr went out with nine balls to come. As you say, Benny Dwarf just comes in and hits that towering six, 151. Um, you had to be very, very good with the ball last night. Um, and you were so. And it was the crafty veteran who uh, who led the way. Have you seen Steve O'Keefe bowl a better four overs in recent times? Uh, I've been very fortunate to, to play a lot of my cricket at Manly with Steve. So yeah. I can probably say, yes, I've seen him do that on numerous occasions. But on on such a big stage, it's, it was just the making for SEN's finest, Steve Smith. Uh, Indeed. Steve O'Keefe, sorry, we should say. So um, it was just, it was just uh, the making for Socky last night. Just the way that he came on, he's so cool and calm. He's composed to, to get two for two off that first over. I think it just really set the tone throughout the whole group that it was possible. I don't think there was ever a thought there that it wasn't possible, but none for 44 off the four. Two, I think there was a stat on one of the TV stations last night that the two guys that were batting were fourth and fifth on the all-time leading T20 run score. Yeah. List. So... Some pretty phenomenal cricketers out there, but the way he came in and just composed the whole group, composed himself, and to add to that, Todd Murphy at the other end as well. Didn't get the wickets last night, none for 15 off his three, and just really set up that, that middle period. I think we bowled something like three or two for 18 between the overs of five to 10, which is just silly in today's day and age. We saw on the broadcast last night um, during the match, I think Fox showed some vision of, of Socky addressing the team out on the field uh, during the warm-ups, and he was sort of had a very captive audience in the whole playing squad and coaching staff. What was said out there on the night, and what, what does he bring to this team as one of the veteran players? Oh, that, that was just Socky kind of really jokes. to bed. I think, <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was on Channel Seven last night, just just letting everyone know that that it would be kind of his last year. And yep. and as as he said in in that little warm-up, it, it's probably not the best kept secret, but he just wanted to say it to the group. Yeah, uh, he wanted to say it in front of everyone, and look, I think it gave us the right pep up in front of forty-one thousand people. And the what he's given us over the last thirteen seasons of Bidbash, he's an inaugural member. So what he's given us, so I think it's, and and we kind of mentioned it. It's probably remiss of us not to give him something for these last three, three or four games, hopefully. So that that's what that chat was about, and 
as you know, Sock speaks articulately. He's, he's, he's very good with his words, so he captivates the group. And when he speaks similar to a lot of people and a lot of leaders in our group, we all listen. So I think that's what's so special about this group. Very self-deprecating as well. Uh, you know, we'll tell anyone that he doesn't turn the ball anymore, but geez, he showed that he's still got it. And uh, is he going to be seeming manly or, or playing in um, any forms of cricket after this summer? No, so Socky went back to Hawkesbury this year. Oh, yeah, of course, yep. Hawkesbury, yep. Uh, which is, and, and again, a wonderful thing, just showing the kind of person that Steve is. He he played at Manly for so long, but he always wanted to finish his great career and his career back at who gave him the opportunity and Hawkesbury gave him the opportunity. So he's been out there at training once or twice a week. He's played some games for them um, and he's just giving back to Hawkesbury. So, again, just shows the kind of person that he is, but... I think as he might play a game. I think he's got somewhere up north. I don't know. He might play a game for the, the Potsville Penguins or something like that. <laughs> but I doubt it's going to be much cricket. Well, Jay, thanks very much for joining us. Um, outstanding performance last night by the Sydney Sixers. Heading to Perth uh, tomorrow, I believe. Um, all the best for the rest of the season. And uh, no doubt we'll see you in the finals starting next week. Yeah, that's, uh, it's going to be a big week. So thanks very much for your support. Good on you, Jay. Well done. And all the best for this afternoon as well. Cheers. Thanks, Roger.